Hello and welcome to episode 1243 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, January 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Not too bad. Uh, nice January weekend. I kind of can't believe we're already in January. I know we say that a lot during the offseason when it starts to to move, but it does, does feel crazy that we're already end of the football season, at least the regular season. I feel like the offseason is moving kind of fast. Maybe that's just me. Like I said, maybe I say that every year, but it feels like it's moving quickly here. Even if things have stalled moves-wise, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I am preparing to quit smoking today. So uh, those of you who uh, watch the live streams over on YouTube see me chain-smoking cigarettes quite often. Uh, and today will hopefully be the last episode of that because I've got, I think, like four or five cigarettes left. So I might even finish those off during this pod. And uh, and then I'm going to try to quit. So uh, I wish you the best of luck in that. I know the difficulty that comes with that as the child of two smokers and as somebody who smoked in college, randomly took it up for like a year and a half like an idiot. Thankfully, was able to quit. But uh, yeah, good, good luck. I know it'll be tough uh i don't have any great tips for it i i feel like it doesn't have to be all at once like where if you do have you know like one don't beat yourself up like oh i'm a piece of garbage you know I yeah went. see for me it, it's avoiding that one right because like i understand because that probably opens the floodgates yeah, right i'm all or nothing um it's it's the the quitting smoking is not the difficult part for me at least uh, it is the staying off of them after I've quit. Like I, you know, I quit. You're gonna go to any last year. You can go to any gum or anything. Any lozenges? Uh, lozenges, yeah. Lozenges are are my my jam. Okay, I like them. Uh, so we'll see. You know, um, well, best I'm of luck. Sick as hell, so I really need to. Maybe that'll be a perfect time then when yeah. you're sick, because I know that it's not as. And even uh, for people who enjoy smoking, it's not even as enjoyable when you're sick. So maybe that'll yeah. be the perfect time to do it. So hopefully you get that taken care of. Good luck in that journey. Let's talk some moves. We, we did get a handful of moves. I don't think a lot of them are moving the needle too much. So we'll kind of move through them relatively quickly. And then we'll get into the rest of our first base preview here. Uh, we're going to start in, in reverse order here of how they went because uh, this Teoscar Hernandez move just happened yesterday with him going to the Dodgers. But I think it's probably the most impactful. You know, anytime you got the Dodgers signing somebody that's making news, he was out in Seattle, didn't have the best year. I got to say, I was pretty down on him, and I, I, I'm not taking like a huge, huge victory lap on that one. He ended up getting a 26.93 with seven steals and a 258. I thought he'd be a decent bit worse leaving Toronto for Seattle. And for a lot of the year, it looked like. That might be the case, including a 534 OPS in July, but a 1050 OPS, seven homer August really helped save his season. Two two huge months, in fact, June and August were enough to kind of keep Teoscar's season afloat. Where's he at now, though? 31 years old, has a bit of a strikeout issue, but a big time power guy going to one of, if not the very best team in baseball. Does Teoscar Hernandez to the Dodgers raise his profile for you, keep it even, or make you fade him because you're worried about a price spike? Where are you at on Teoscar? I'm I'm worried about a price spike. I'm also worried about playing time because I could see him moving into some sort of platoon um, because earlier in the day, uh, their uh, general manager was talking uh, prior to signing was talking on the radio and said, you know, what we really need is someone who's really, really good against left-handed pitching. And then they go out literally that day and sign Teoscar Hernandez. But they're and not paying him 24 mil to be a short side platoon. They're not paying her 24 million. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit about the deferred. Half million are deferred I don't until care. 2030. I hate this. Uh, well, I, I, mean, it's I, great I don't. Okay. Um, uh, Take, but, they're not paying him 16 mil to be a short side platoon. No, I, I don't think he would. Um, I don't think he would be a, a strict platoon guy. I just don't know if we're going to see the same kind of complement of plate appearances that we've seen in years past from from Teoscar. Pop uh, 678 last year, career high. Actually, if I think because of some health issues at times, he mm -hmm. hasn't really been a big time volume guy. This 678 was a career high, 160 games. He's been more of like a 135 game type guy, Teoscar has. Right. And so maybe you're thinking that that's where he's going to be, even if he's healthy. That I can understand. Um, because it is worth noting that the volume 
was also a big piece of why his season ended up being pretty good last year, which is not a knock. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I, I would have had it right if he didn't play a bunch of games. No, he ended up being just fine. I worried about him outside of Toronto. He put up a nice season. I think he'll put up another good one here. But now we go to the price question. We're yeah. not going to know for a while, obviously, because drafts won't uh, won't be done uh, you know, for a couple of days to kind of really start to get some data. Pick 154 right now, 155, actually, 154.9. Let's call it 155 for Tay Oscar. Where's that going as a Dodger? What do you think? I assume he'll move up in front of An uh, Anthony Santander, who's uh, like 145. Um, and it's TJ like a 10 Friedel, pick boost. 143. Um, the question is, does he move in front of guys like Evan Carter, who's at 140? Yeah. Um, or Jackson Trios at 139. Wow, Jackson Trios moving up. Um, yeah. could, could he like, fit in between Estuary Ruiz and Evan Carter right there, which is 128 to 138? I'm doing since 12 1, by the way, on draft okay. champions. What, what, what are you doing? Let's be on I was the same doing since page. 12 19. Let's do, I'll, I'll jump to year. that. Last yeah, let, drafts or so. Let's, let's um, tighten that up from my side there. Okay, yeah, so 155 is still Teoscar's ADP. Do you think he could move into that? Okay, actually, I like this better because Jordan Walker's at 128 and then Churio and Carter uh, yeah, at 140. Yeah, I think he moves Could he go in there? Walker. Um, oh, into the yeah, 120s. I think so. I think I'm not paying really that. Good chance. I'm not paying that either. I'd rather go for Walker. I'm, I'm going back to the well with Walker. I am too, yeah. He didn't quite pan out for us last year. We were pretty big fans. Um, I'm not quitting him at all. Yeah, my, I mean, I haven't done my outfield ranks or my outfield projections yet. Uh, I'm hoping to have those done here probably by the end of the week. Um, so uh, I think infield should be done by probably tomorrow night. So and then I can do the outfield. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say that's probably too expensive for me. Um, yeah, if he jumps all the way up there for Teoscar up into the 120s, that's a two round jump. I I. I'm not saying you're wrong because as a Dodger, I yeah, think the, he will get a lot of attention, especially in the immediate tax. And now we get Dodger tax. For yeah. Sure. Especially in the immediate aftermath, like yeah. a draft that happens today, tomorrow, the next day, I think he could jump up big, but yeah, it wouldn't be for me. I, I would rather Walker. I would rather Carter. I think I'd rather your boy Santander too. I don't know. Maybe I'm no, too yeah, tapping on Teoscar. I don't know. I mean, he's going to be hitting probably seventh in this lineup. Um, maybe sixth, I guess. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it'll fluctuate between those two. And I mean, I think while they are paying him, and I do think he will start the year with a full time role, the Dodgers are going to play the best player. And he is bad sure. defensively. He can't DH um, because Otani's, you know, going to be in the DH spot up for 160 games or whatever. Um, and is there any world where Otani starts to get some outfield later in the season? I can't if, imagine if his arm's good to go. I mean, I guess, um, but do you really want to risk that? I mean, I mean, you'd have to be pretty certain. Yeah, um, I mean, I think there's a better chance that at some point Mookie Betts moves back out there. Um, I think they really like him in the infield. I think they got enough. I think they do too in the but, outfield that they don't really have to do that. But we'll see. All right, so Teoscar, we like him, but we don't like what the perceived price increase might be. If it doesn't go up that high, we might be back in. If he stays yep. 130s, 140s, are you more in the mix? Because he's there with Friedel, Santander, two guys you love, and Mullins, three guys you love. So I can see why you might not it be getting unlikely. him. Yeah, it seems unlikely. But you're I, not, you wouldn't I'm, be uncomfortable with the 140s yeah. price. Okay, yeah. I think that's fair. And uh, I think Robbie Ray. He could fall back down once pitching prices start going up again. And I'd be okay with that, of course. Yeah. If, we, if we get a price decrease on Teoscar, sure, I'll sign up in, in the 160s. Uh, let's talk Robbie Ray. He's going to your Giants. This was an interesting trade with uh, some surprise to it. Mitch Hanniger going back to Seattle along with Tony Disco. Let's talk Ray to the to the Giants. You're the Giants fan here. What was your thir first thought there? He's coming off the TJ. Lefty Robbie Ray, former Cy Young. You good with the move? Uh, I mean, I love the move from a Giants perspective. Like, we gave up Mitch Hanniger, who's always injured, and Anthony Descalfani, who who's is always, always injured. 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 And, you know, I mean... You got an injured guy moment. back, though, right? I mean, we yeah, always I know, have to acknowledge... Have, but there's a potential ace. Like, I, I, I mean, understand. His upside is rich. You know, and uh, and 
guys coming off of Tommy John, like, yeah, you don't necessarily want him from a fantasy perspective in their first year back, especially because I mean, this is a guy who, who struggles with command and control. And then the one thing that, or the things that hurt uh, on the way back from Tommy John is your command and control. So like, I am curious how that will be for Ray, because his control was the driving force behind the Cy Young mm-hmm. win. And then he kind of held a lot of those gains in 2022 with an 8% walk rate after a 7% during the uh, the Cy Young season. I do wonder if Robbie Ray, if he can hold that. Now, the co- command is still an issue. Homer's still very plentiful, but then your part comes into play. Yeah. He's back, what, after the All-Star break? He had his TJ in, like, That'd May? Yeah, I think he had it in May. So, I mean, I would assume he's back in, in uh, sometime in the summer. Uh, maybe towards the end of the season. And, and who knows? Maybe they don't really let them pitch except for a little bit. Uh, I think it depends where y'all are at. If yeah, you guys exactly. are, are finding some contention. I can't imagine we will be. So I, I didn't imagine it the year y'all won 107 either, though. Yeah, I know. So I, I never um, really know. Y'all are a wild card in your own right. So not hugely fantasy relevant this year for Robbie Ray, but then next year, after getting some time yeah. back could be really interesting in that ballpark. Let's talk about what's going over to Seattle. Mitch Hanniger, Anthony Duscofani. We know the health piece. Uh, we've seen Hanniger in Seattle. What are we looking at with these two here? Let's start with Hanniger. Um, again, we know the caveat is if healthy, where are you at on him? If healthy. I mean, if healthy, he's a, he's a pretty darn good player and he's comfortable in Seattle. He's put up good seasons. I mean, the the problem is health, and I just don't buy that he's ever going to be healthy. I think he's just one of those guys that has a really difficult time staying on the field. And um, some pretty whack injuries, though, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them have been really whack, but at some point, like the totality of the injuries are, you know, because these injuries uh, go all the way back into the minor leagues, right? Yeah. Like this was a minor league prospect of note that had his minor league career derailed by injuries and then two seasons over 100 games uh they're both 157 so when he goes in he goes in but mitch hanniger then has a bevy of sub 100 game seasons here's the thing that's all baked into the price perfectly he's a 450 pick do you have interest in him in seattle for hanniger i mean 450 you're talking about a guy who's in the last round of a 15 teamer right so like sure especially I, I prefer him in, in fab leagues where you can drop him. Uh, so you're not as interested in the DCs? No, I, I don't think he's really on my board in DCs because I just don't want a guy who uh, is going to uh, just be a zero on my bench for half of the season. Which I think Aren't that a would... lot of players in the 450 range going to be a zero on your bench, though? Sure, but I don't want to invite that on my team to begin with. You know that you're going to get all of those. I, I don't have a problem with it necessarily, just not the way I like to construct my, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at 450 uh, and beyond, I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm shooting for upside there. And yeah, you want to shoot for upside, but I'm also shooting for plate appearances. And yeah. I like I take somebody like a, like a Trent Grisham. Yeah. Um, like who, you know I mean, he's I know gonna get 450 plate appearances probably, right? Like, his defense should get him in the lineup a decent bit in New York. And the Yankees injuries, right? Like, so yeah, uh, yeah I'm just, I love Hanniger from a per like in this why I, I say like in a fab league, I have no problem putting Mitch Hanniger on my bench because when he gets injured, I drop him, I go pick someone else up. But like there is a world in which he does get 550 plate appearances uh, in like 25, you know, 28 home runs is in the you know cards for a guy like that. Sure. So, uh, that he being said, 39 back in 2021. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, there is. Like, I don't think he's ever getting back to that, but like that's in the range of outcomes. And so, yeah, in, in a fab league, um, especially where, you know, you, especially like a 12, like, like I, you know, I know he's going to pick 450, which is way outside of scope of a 12 teamer, but like, I wouldn't mind putting him on the back end of my 12 team bench as a last pick. And because there's a lot of guys on the waiver wire that I can pick up when he eventually gets hurt. Potentially another new teammate of his who we'll get to in a moment. But let's start with Tony Discofani, who's going with him from San Francisco to Seattle, uh, going with Hanniger. Tony Disco is another guy who's been ravaged by injuries over the course of his career. Did have that big 2021 season with y'all. Um, has struggled to stay healthy in the two years since, totaling just 120 innings in those two seasons. And, you know, the skills haven't been great in that time either. He's always had a home run issue. Y'all's part couldn't. It make it go away completely. 
That big 2021, he was down to a 1.0 flat home run rate. That was excellent. But then back to 1.9 in his 19 innings for 2022 and 1.4 last year in 99, in 100 innings flat. So he doesn't strike out a ton of guys, doesn't walk guys, but there's too many homers. Seattle's a decent pitching park, but so was San Francisco. Are we move? Does this trade move the needle at all for Descalfani? No. He's not even penciled in the rotation right now. He's back up. No, we do he, not need to deep dive him. Yeah, he's he's a long reliever type guy um, that is, I think, insurance if Bryce Miller or Brian Wu are hurt. I think maybe even both would have to be because I think maybe somebody like Emerson um, Hancock, Bingo, would 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 come up first, or or even maybe Jackson Coar could leapfrog Descalfani for an opportunity in the rotation. Like, there's options there. We don't need to I go too crazy Coar, on Tony I, Disco. I, I definitely think Emerson Hancock could. Luke Rayleigh is the guy I was hinting at earlier that will be joining Mitch Your boy. He's out there in Seattle now. Um, I didn't see this trade coming. This is kind of an interesting little swap. We know that the the Rays, when they see, you know, when they like, we maxed out on this guy, we can move him. And they got a random excellent season out of Rayleigh that was the most Rays thing possible. 19 homers, 14 steals. 824 OPS and 406 plate appearances from the platoon bat at age 28. Now he goes out to Seattle where he'll probably remain a platoon bat, but at least it'll be strong side. Do we like Rayleigh to follow up this big season uh, as a fantasy viable piece at all? I, I don't, but I know you probably do. So if you would like, what's that guy, supposed to mean? I mean, you love Luke Rayleigh. He I don't know if like, I love wait. him. I just think he's, a he good hitter. Dudes. He went 19-14. Um, That's a hell of a season. Yeah, and I think he's going to do like... Eh, actually, my projection on him is not bad, actually. like I, I did my projection on him yesterday because uh, he's first base eligible uh, as well as outfield eligible. Um, 17 homers, 14... Uh, or sorry, 9 stolen bases, 232. Okay. Like it, the problem is there's like a lot of strikeouts and yeah, 32% going away at all. Um, I'm pretty sure I have him projected for a 6% walk rate and a 32% strikeout rate. It's a rough combo. Yeah. I mean, it just, and I think the problem becomes like, you know, this is a team that like the Dodgers, they expect to like being in the playoff race. Uh, and, uh, but unlike the Dodgers, they're not like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, um, I don't think the the Dodgers can afford to be patient with guys because they're going to have such a big lead in their division. Um, at least I would assume they're going to have a big lead in their division just because their team is so loaded. Uh, whereas Seattle's going to be in a dogfight with multiple teams, right? Like the the Astros and um, the the Rangers who just won a World Series. Like they, that is going to be a battle in the West. Uh, and I'm so, sorry. The other World Series participant was in the Dodgers division. Thank you very yeah, much. I know, but I mean, I do we really think that, like, yes, like what Arizona did was amazing. I was all in on Arizona last year. Um, I'm still gonna be in on them as a team, but like the Dodgers won that division over Arizona by like 16 games or something like that. Like, I, I don't think anybody uh, questions the Dodgers stranglehold on that division. Whereas the Mariners, like they could easily finish third and out of the playoffs. So like they can't wait around for Luke Rayleigh to strike out at a 40% clip if that's what he's doing early on in the season. Yeah, he did, he did some good things last year. Um, one thing I will say is that the market just really isn't charging a major price for him. And that's why it's easy to buy back in if you, if you really want to. I mean, you're talking about pick 357 coming off of this season with first, second, or excuse me, first outfield eligibility. Even if he's, you know, 17-10, or would you say 17-9, I think that's fine. Um, I don't yeah. mind going for Luke Rayleigh on the buyback because he is so cheap. So I think it'll be fine Another in one Seattle. of these guys that I really like in a fab league where I can just drop him if he loses playing dime, if he's really struggling. Uh, but there are going to be some hot streaks that are really fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't mind him in a DC um, playing strong side. Jose Caballero is going back in this deal. He's a middle infielder. That's what they need. Um, obviously, you know, Wander done. I don't think that there's Forever. really yeah, like it's it's over uh, as, as we suspected. But now you got Ooh. some pretty severe confirmation with the way things are going there. Four homers, twenty six steals for Caballero in two hundred eighty plate appearances last year. Is there any fantasy relevance here? He also had a 
221 average. I, I would be remiss not to mention that. But 26 steals. Do you think he plays enough in Tampa Bay for Jose Caballero to have any uh, sort of upside? Uh, I mean, right now, Ross Resource has him projected as a full-time starter. Uh, and apparently, and I didn't even know this until I just looked, Taylor Walls had um, some sort of hip surgery, a labrum repair in the hip. So, Correct, in late um, October. So, yeah, I think there's a reason they made this move. Uh, one, they like to have good defense up the middle, uh, and Caballero is a good defender up the middle. Uh, and I, as much as, like, Junior Caminaro, like, can play shortstop, he shouldn't play shortstop, especially well, he if you're... Would, he wouldn't break camp anyway, dude. He's five years old. Well, he, I mean, he played at the end of the season. He so got I think a gift. drafted week. like people. That's because people are dumb. I'm I sorry. I, if you're I'm, drafting I'm Julian Caminero, this is a wasted pick right now. Yeah. He, I he's mean, 19. going to be age 20 next year. Skipped AAA. Got a week reward at W-E-E-K, not a W-E-A-K. Got a week-long reward uh, of a cup of coffee in the a sip of coffee in the majors because of the great season he had. I do not think he's on the cusp of like breaking camp. I think he'll be back in the majors in 2024, yeah. but I'm thinking summer Maybe for Caminero. Yeah. I mean, if he's, but I'm if he's thinking destroying some. people in April and May, like he's probably he's probably up before Memorial Day, but that being said, like I think right now, especially depending on what Taylor Walls's return schedule looks like, but I mean, you would have to think probably at least six months um, from, you know, beginning of November. So we're, we're talking about May. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Cabrero is like going to be a guy who is you drafting him anywhere. A DC. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rotowire as of December 5th says walls on track to be back in time for the start of the season. Oh, okay. Um, that's what it says. I've torn so. the labor in my hip and that is a, Brutal injury. It doesn't seem great. I mean, we'll follow it as the uh, as the offseason goes. I would, but uh, I would legit like be like walking and then just fall over, like because it would just like my ouch. like my leg was sliced off by a sword. Like you know, you've seen Monty Python through yes. the Holy like it's, that, but, but, like, but a scratch. Yeah, like I mean, with where like I I remember like I actually um, broke a hole in the drywall in my uh, in top one over. I was just walking down the hallway, like wasn't doing it. And because of the tear in my, in the labor of my hip, like, like my leg just like gave away and I went straight into the wall. Oh, like, that would hurt. Like, yeah. Like it was, it was brutal. So, um, I think, I mean, you know, obviously he's been, had it surgically repaired, but, um, that being ready for the start of the season for Taylor walls seems, uh, a little bit aggressive. Maybe he's just tougher than you. Jose Caballero is a a 40th round pick in DCs. Are you interested for Caballero? Absolutely. I mean, that's going to go up, but absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see it. 26 steals in that limited PT. Plays good defense. Could get him some opportunity. The Mets made a couple small moves with some decent sized names. Harrison Bader and Sean Manaya. Either of them interest you? I mean, I think Bader in... Both guys interest me in, in kind of deeper formats. Uh, I think, but again, both guys injury prone. Uh, if you're if you're drafting DCs and that's what you're looking at right now, that becomes risky because you don't know how much time they're going to miss. But I think do we both think, are. Do we think Manaya is going to start? I do. Yeah, I, I tend to think so too, which does give him some intrigue. I love Bader. Y'all know I've been propping him up for years now. He can't stay healthy, though, and we really haven't been able to bring that full season together. He still went 720 last year with the homers and steals in 344 plate appearances. That keeps a little bit of intrigue for me. Uh, I have a hard time quitting him, especially at price 395. I- I'm okay yeah, to take him. Strong. I'll yeah. take him in a DC. And then Manaya is at, pardon me, uh, 393. They're right by each other. I think either's fine in that spot. Yeah, I think if you I, believe I, I especially like Manaya because they gave him a two-year deal with an opt-out. Like he's trying to reestablish that market, uh, but they also gave him real money. Like I think he's in the rotation, and um, we've seen really good seasons from Manaya before. So like Manaya, he's me, really good. Yeah, I think Manaya for me is the guy I want to target out of those two. Yep, I, I can get behind that. I could see it. I could see having both on a, on a DC. I, I don't have any any issue with either of their pick slots there. Um, we didn't cover Zach Plesac. He was actually signed where he could have fit into the last episode, but it's because 
I don't even think he's got a starting rotation spot in LA right now. He's the next man up and he'll probably get some opportunities. But where where are you on Plesak? Is he on your fantasy radar at all anymore after the flame out 2023? No. Yeah, me, me neither. Do you think actually let me frame it this way? What would happen in season? What would have to happen in season to get him on your radar? I mean just an opportunity or skills plus opportunity. It has skills, skills improvement. Plus, yeah, skills plus opportunity. Now, this is a team that's filled with guys who get injured all the time, right? Like, you know, so like he obviously could find his way into the rotation at some point. So, like in a draft champions, like I get making the pick, but like it's such a low upside opportunity because the exactly. strikeouts just aren't there. And so I would rather take a gamble on a guy who you know, maybe the opportunity isn't as easily seen, but has a higher upside in terms of like strikeout potential and being on a team that's going to win because I don't think this Angels team is going to be very good. It'd be so funny if they if they won a the good season with the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. After Otani leaves, like it would, it'd be the you most baseball see, thing like, ever. Like you could see a world in which this happens too, right? Because like uh, you know, course. Tyler Anderson turns back into the Tyler Anderson of the Dodgers. Reed Detmers is Detmers you know, Canning good. and Sandoval, 175 Canning's innings apiece. Chase Silseth's interesting. Like, you know, they, it's still Mike Trout, right? Like, uh, you know, Taylor Ward gets back to being healthy. Anthony, Ritten. like, there's a world in which this happens, but like, this is like a Justin Mason 2019 main event roster where you go, where you're praying. Oh, look at all the upside there. Yeah. And then, like, but the chance that it all comes together is like nothing. Is very slim. Yeah. So yeah. nothing for me on Plesak. He's only gone in one of the seven drafts for the time frame that we're looking at. Again, we're on the NFBC ADP, excuse me, looking at uh, December 19th through January 8th, which is a seven draft run there. Pardon me. I had a little hiccup there. Um, anyway, so that's Plesak. I, I didn't think anything was going to move there, but I just wanted to get him in because we had forgotten him last episode. Let's get into our first base preview and continue that. Uh, we picked that up from a couple episodes ago because we had so many moves last episode that we couldn't get into it. So we're kind of dipping into the middle here um, and we're on the power heavy options. We got four guys, Isak Paredes at a, at a 169 ADP, Reese Hoskins at 209, Brandon Drury at 223, and Ryan Mountain castle at 224 um looking at these power heavy options i do want to start with paredes he's kind of the high end there he's coming off an excellent season i will say and in fact i'm going to update these adps since we're uh, doing this right now and these were put on this sheet quite a while ago in the seven draft sample that we're looking at he's down to 184 so I'm a little surprised that paredes is not getting a lot of love based off of this season what do you think is driving that uh, I think there's some suspicion there's going to be some massive regression. I mean, the like I was in on Paredes coming into 2023, uh, but it was a lot to do with like, hey, I think he's going to get some decent playing time. I think there's some upside here. But he was also triple eligible. Um, and then he just had this monster season where all he did was just pull balls like over the fence. Just uh, smashed. And, like, and I think there are some people who are probably going – it's not sustainable. Like you look at like the plot of like where he hit these home runs are all like in the same spot. But I mean, this is kind of what he does, right? Like he kind of is just a pole guy uh, that hits the ball hard and, uh, and, and makes decent contact. So like, I, I think the numbers come back a little bit, but like, do I think he falls off? I don't. Um, Did you finish his yeah. projection yet for Paredes? I Yeah. I've got his projection right now. Um, Coming off of a 31-98 season with a 250 average. I want to say it was Ben Palmer over at Pitcher List that uh, after I'd been pretty negative on Paredes, you know, kind of encouraged me to take a second look. I did. I became more in on him. I can't claim to have been, you know, on the Paredes bandwagon in a big way. I got convinced of like, hey, maybe I am selling him short. uh, And it was an excellent season. What do you got for his numbers? I have him for 28 home runs. Uh in 580 plate appearances, 245 batting average, um, uh, 244 batting average. That'll uh, play. So, I mean, he I doesn't think that's probably worth that ton. price. Yeah. Oh, I think it is for sure. Uh, you know, he's had sub 20% strikeout rates pretty much all throughout his career, except for his, you know, rookie uh, 108 uh, plate appearance sample. So, 
Uh, he makes, you know, 91% zone contact for a power hitter is pretty damn good. Doesn't uh, swing and miss much. Yeah, like he just, he he puts the ball in play. And I like guys who put the ball in play, right? Like you give yourself the opportunity to get lucky. I think he got lucky and maybe that regresses some. But I mean, the way this race team is currently constructed, like I don't think he's got to worry about losing playing time. I think he's going to play every day. And I think he is uh, going to continue to pull home runs out of that ballpark yeah at least at the outset too right because uh the season that he had i don't know how they could want to sit paredes play him every day right now if he falls off then maybe you reassess in season but yeah i i think he's got his playing time locked in and he had an excellent year i do think the 184 adp which of course is better than the 169 i originally had isn't bad at all what about reese hoskins he's starting to get some buzz i've been seeing in some different articles different podcasts people getting excited about his potential return. Of course, he basically missed, uh, was it the entire season? Did he play it all last year? Or was it an early departure? Um, I can't remember. I think yeah, he missed departure. the entire oh, yeah. season. Right. Not a single plate appearance last year. So he's coming back from injury. Are you buying back in on Reese Hoskins at a post 200 pick? He's a free agent, by the way, too. So we don't know where he's going to yeah, play. That, that's the big issue for me. It's like, I don't know where he's going to play. And we'll, we'll put him somewhere neutral right now with playing time. What it's the think? with playing time is the question, right? Like, I think we look at a guy like Reese Hoskins from a fantasy perspective and we go, well, he's going to play. Like, he's going to play every day, but he's he's not a good defender um, at first base. Uh, he's very CJ Cron esque. And we've seen teams go, like, do I need a CJ Cron esque guy? Um, and so, like, are we are we sure he's got a full time role wherever he goes? Um, well, what, I think he's going to look for that opportunity. Um, I think so, and, yeah. Uh, and I think you should get an op- that opportunity. And so, like, when I do put in a projection um, for him, uh, you know, what I do with guys who are free agents is I just put kind of a, you know, dummy projection. I use steamers. Um, and then I, you know, go and do it once they sign. So, you know, like with steamers projection right now, they've got him for uh, 656 plate appearances, 30 home runs, 242. Like, and that seems fairly right. Like I don't think there is a a park that is going to hurt him necessarily, right? Are there no, definitely got, parks that could help him? But he's got he's got the big boy power, power that, though. Yeah, yeah, that plays anywhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, at this price, totally fine with it. Uh, you almost want to see him sign in a place that is like, you know, technically a bad hitter's park because drop everybody everybody goes, oh, I'm not going to. Well, I don't think it'll drop the price, but maybe you could keep it steady. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll take, you know, I, I'll take that because I think that would be a profit. The problem is if he went and signed back in Philadelphia, well, it's not going to be Philadelphia because Harper's playing first. But See, that, that that's what I was going to bring up, though. Like, I'm reading the Rotowire blurb about him. This is back when they didn't give him a QO. And John Heyman was saying that there's a quote-unquote decent chance the Phillies bring him back. I don't really see where that, what why that would not come with to fruition with, with Harper. Harper and Schwarber. Yeah. Like, where, where, where would he play? So I think another team needs to kind of look at him. But... That Somebody's going to go out and get Hoskins. Play the outfield, and I yeah. don't think they really need him or want him out there every day. So No, no, because uh, in the current setup, you can have Marsh and Rojas out there. So two yeah, exactly. legitimately good defensive outfielders. Casty still stuck in right. Schwarber DHing, Harper playing first. I, I'm just, I just don't think Hoskins fits on this club anymore. So I think he has I, to go I elsewhere. Don't, I don't either. I mean, um, the question is, where does he fit? Uh, yeah. Maybe, There's maybe also he goes to Washington in like a you know a low contract kind of deal. That'd be kind of sexy, um, you know, or, or a place like that where it's like you know, hey, I'm not going to be competing for a World Series, but I can reestablish my value. I'm going to play every day, uh, and then next year I can go get a big contract, uh, you know, to kind of uh, make up for the the lost year to injury. Yeah, and give himself a pillow contract uh, and then have Hoskins maybe try to hit 30 bombs this year and then get back. Tough part for him is the the area where he's going. I like so many first basemen in that area that unless it is a cushy spot, I might not land on him very often. Let's talk Brandon Drury. Now, this this is my guy. You said Luke Rayleigh's my guy. I love myself some Brandon Drury. Still first, second eligible. Pick 232 on the update. I forget what it was when I when I first read it off because I updated these here. 232, not too bad. Playing on that Angels team that we just talked about that like there's a world where they're not terrible. It's probably not the world that we live in, but 
even if they are bad again, he went 2683 with a 262. Like he, he backed up the breakout 2022, Brandon Drury did. In fact, he did it in 45 fewer plate appearances as well. So he basically matched the season, had two fewer homers, four fewer ribbies with the lower plate appearance total. But 262 average was one point different than 2022. I believe in Drury as a quality bat. I like him more as a second baseman, of course. I think the price is right. I'm in on Drury. I'm drafting him for second base. What do you think of Drury's uh, uh, chances to put up a third straight strong year? Yeah, I won't talk too much about him just because we we talked about only second base preview already. Yeah. So, uh, but like, I think he's just steady, like just a steady dude, um, multi position eligible, and uh, I think he you can kind of pencil in mid twenties homers and. Uh, he's going to be hitting third in this lineup, or it looks like uh, right behind yep. Mike Trout. So, like, that's a lot of runs drive in. So, yeah, I mean, I I like Drury, uh, especially because he is one of those kind of boring vets that people forget. Like, he's one of those guys Agreed. that can easily drop in drafts uh, because people are going for flasher options, especially if you play in deeper formats. Like, you just want a guy you can pencil in for 25 homers and, you know, decent batting average. And I think you can do that with Drury. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, his low end is in the 250s, 260s. Sign me up for that all day. Yeah. Ryan Mountcastle, going right around that same area. His new ADP is down to 248. Uh, over these last seven drafts, he's a 211, a 278 range. We know the park and what, what it does to him, how much it hurts him. Um, he got a little bit of it back last year. There's been some talk about him maybe being traded, so we could see that in the offseason. Obviously, we would reassess. But... Um, his homers went down again, but in fewer plate appearances. So his rate was back up is what I mean by that. Might be, some people might be saying, wait a minute, he went from 22 to 18 homers. What do you mean he got something back? But he did that in 139 fewer plate appearances. Yeah. So uh, like I said, the rate was up 270 average. That was up 20 points. It was an okay season, but it was 115 games and still not like standout. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm stuck on Mount Castle. That park just really takes away my interest in him, especially in this group where I like several guys. I'm just taking Drury instead. But what do you think of Mount Castle? Maybe you can sell me if you really like him. I I, I think all the, the concerns you have are valid. It's a bad park. Um, he's coming off a season in which he missed time due to injury. And now he comes back to a, an Orioles team that's loaded. That is just got all these young guys that they're going to want to give plate appearances to. Um, I think they'd love to trade Mount Castle, but who wants them, right? What do you, yeah. when you can, why give something up when you can get, you know, uh, Reese Hoskins on the cheap for a year, right? That's um, a good call. So uh, I, yeah, I, I just don't see a world in which he gets the 600 plate appearances on this team. Like he needs a trade in order to get that, you know, kind of volume and Ryan Mountcastle is an accumulator. You need to be able to accumulate. And I don't think he can on this roster. I got nothing to add to that. I totally agree. He won't be on really the any of my teams. <laughs> the Orioles back <laughs> and we'll be here all year. So yeah. get used to it, folks. That's not birds flying it's in my really house. really annoying, let me know, on, on, you know. It's like tweet at me and be like, hey, stop tweeting the Orioles bird. Y'all, I wouldn't tweet him at that because he'll do it more if you tweet him that. It's annoying. <laughs> he'll do it more. All right. We got enough time for the good corner options here, but then we're going to have to do a part three on first base only because of time uh, on my end today. And I apologize for that. But let's get into these. Uh, this group here this is a group of seven, actually eight, excuse me. And uh, I'm not going to read the ADPs. I'll read them as we get to them because I'm going to update them um, from this new list here. But it's Andrew Vaughn, Jamer Candelario, Justin Turner, Josh Bell, Jose Abreu, Anthony Rizzo, Ty France, and Wilmer Flores. Let's start with Andrew Vaughn, pick 245. It's actually down 10 picks from where he was uh, when I originally wrote up this list. Is this finally the year, Justin? <laughs> I've been on the Vaughn train myself, but I, I'm starting to waver a little bit. I will freely admit that. What, what say you about Andrew Vaughn? He wasn't bad last year, but he wasn't all that great either. Go ahead. What happened to this guy who is supposed to be like really high walk rate, like, you know, like, and power that didn't strike out? Like, where'd the walk rate go? Like, where did I, I, I do not uh, know? Like, he he's just not turned into the guy I think we thought he would. I mean, he's got good contact skills. And so like, I do see a world in which he's like a 25 homer bat with like a, a like a 270 kind of batting average. 
um, mm-hmm. which is fine, but not what we thought we were getting when he was going like one, one in, you know, first year player drafts and stuff like that years ago. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think, and like he, he had a back issue, um, like, a, a like a pretty like a uh, scary one, um, according to some sources within the, the uh, White Sox organization. So, um, that always kind of scares me. And so, like his Backs projection, yeah, and he's a big dude. Like he's like he's a you know uh, a big kind of strong dude, and, and back issues on those guys can be kind of frightening. So um, I don't know. He's he's just a guy that I always skip. Like there's so many guys in this tier I really like that uh, Vaughn is not a guy that I tend to get very often, uh, and uh, so probably not going to have very much, if any, Andrew Vaughn in uh in 2024 uh but i can understand why people would see like hey this is guy former you know third overall traffic you know former like top tier prospect he's now going to be playing first like every day like he doesn't have to worry about like being shuffled out into the outfield or missing playing time but he had Um, that last year 143 games at first base So and 21 home runs in 143 games is just not inspiring at your first base position or corner. So, uh, I, like, I mean, we're going to talk about the rest of these guys, but like, I think I take almost all of these guys, if not except the for the last two for me. I think I still, I think I still take Ty France isn't like that much of a different guy. He isn't, but he's younger. Later. I mean, yeah, the price de- decrease, it'd be 245 to 311. Wilmer Flores, I don't care about Wilmer Flores really that much. I think but- I'd, I'd still take Vaughn over France. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little sour on France. We'll get to him in just a moment. I think you've just been jaded because the relationship hasn't worked out, but Ty France has just been Ty France. Like he's just never taken it up a level which other people wanted him to, but I think Ty France is fine. No, last year was dog shit. It's like range of outcomes dog shit, but it was bad. If I had told yeah. you that he was going to get a career high 665 plate appearances after 2021 20, and 22, you'd have put Ty France down for like 23 homers. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. 280. But yeah, with Andrew Vaughn as a multi-leaguer, which I am, I'll probably get my one just in case share because I have been a believer, but it'll only be so that I don't lose out in case he does finally break out. And I'm not even guaranteed that I'll get that. If yeah. I miss out on him and I don't have Andrew Vaughn on any of my, you know, seven or eight teams, whatever I do this year, I'll shrug and say, best of luck. Yeah. Uh, Jamer Candelario has moved up quite a bit, which isn't surprising yeah. because when I first made this ADP list, he wasn't signed. And now we have data of him being signed in Cincinnati. He's moved from 248 to 214. Not terribly surprising there because of how great Cincinnati is. First third eligible. Um, we've talked about the move, right? We we don't really understand it. But for Candelario's sake, it's amazing. And we I think we talked about the fact that we would buy him. Are you buying him at this price now, now that it's up to 214 I don't mind this price. If the price continues to go up, then I'm going to start having some problems. Because well, Where's your breaking point? Like if he gets close to Isaac Paredes, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like, Should CES still be at 155? Uh, no, and I think he will come down. I think he, his max picks like 172. I think that, I think that price is probably more reasonable. I, I, I was a big CES guy coming into the year. I, I think that's too high is. now too. Like yeah, I, I, I think he needs to be in the 200s. Why wouldn't I just take Candelario? He's got the job. Yeah. Yeah, Kevlar is so, going to play. I mean, like, as much as I hate the move from a baseball perspective, uh, and I mean, an overall fantasy perspective, because it just muddies the water. Like, if we're just zeroing in on Candelario's value, like, Candelario makes a lot of sense. Kind Absolutely. Of going. And, and even, I mean, probably where he's going to end up, which is right around inside the top 200, I think. Um, so it's going to play every day. It's a great park. It's a great lineup. Like, I don't think like that Cincinnati necessarily makes him a 30 home run hit or anything like that, but, um, you know, mid twenties with a decent batting average and which, a lot which of could be an excellent batting average. So I think there's some upside there to sure. maybe hit like 285 plus because of the park. Right. I agree with you that 
The park might not make Candelario a 30 homer hitter, but it might add some extra base hits and doubles and whatnot to improve the runs, ribbies, and batting average, which I think could be the sneaky additions for Candelario. I'll pay the 214. I might pay a little bit higher, but I agree with you. If it starts getting too much higher into that 184 that Isak Paredes is in, I'd probably go Paredes over Candelario. And then like Vinny P is next there. That one's more of a toss-up. There's toss no up. way. Yeah, no way I'm taking Candelario over Vinny P. I love Vinny P. I do too. I know he's I coming say, off the injury, but I, I wouldn't him. say no way. No way. How different are they? Maybe, maybe I'm just like thinking of the upside because the I love Vinny P. Stuff, but but think about the park difference too. Yeah. Even yeah. if you give Vinny P a little skill edge, because I don't think you give him a big skill edge. You could give him a little because he does walk a bit more, so maybe a bit more and strike out less. So he might have a bit more refined plate approach. But then the park edge is obviously massively in favor of Candy. So I think they're close. Yeah, I could see that. Bottom I, line is I love Candy. Um, the actual, I guess I'm, I, part of it is like I'm just enthralled by Vinny P. Like, and I get that. I love yeah. I loved him coming into the year. I'm gonna be back in on him uh, as well. But I, I think Candy's pretty close there. And it, and if they do stay that far apart in price, I would rather skip oh, yeah, Vinny for P sure. yeah, for rather, Candy. Yeah. Uh, Justin Turner, two fifty four down to two sixty nine. Um, we don't know where he's gonna go. Right. That that's the thing. Is like he needs to sign somewhere before we can really have a great idea on him. But let's just go ahead and do what we always do with guys that are unsigned. Neutral spot, coming off an excellent year, by the way. I don't think he's getting enough love for what Justin Turner did last year. 23.96. I thought the power would go down in Boston. Ain't wrong. Uh, 96 ribbies, 276 average. This dude is a when healthy, he's good. That's full stop. Even at age 39, I think he can put together another 500 quality plate appearances. But is he somebody that you're drafting? Do you like Justin Turner? He's only, now only first eligible, no third anymore. Um, I mean, I feel like Justin Turner is like perpetually underrated. Uh, continues. To I agree. This offseason. Uh, I, I think a lot of his value is tied up into where he ends up, not because of the park, but because he needs to be in place like he was in Boston, where he can DH 100 games. Correct. Um, and, uh, and that because that keeps him on the field. Uh, and the hard part is finding a location that wants a 39-year-old DH uh, to play every day. So yeah. if he can find that, I'm going to be really, really interested. Um, I'm actually, I was a little surprised he even opted out because like he could just stay in Boston and do kind of what he did. But, you know, wants one more bag, I guess. So I, I get it. But, I mean, $13 million, nothing to sneeze at. Maybe um, he feels like he can get... A like 17 deal. or even a two-year deal obviously that yeah. would be ideal that's players are looking for years especially at that get time like in their career year 30 um yeah even know, though it'd be uh, less like, per year it would be that second no, guaranteed year he was at 13 so. oh 13 that's right i thought it was 16 pardon me but yeah i mean um, i think you get two year 30 from someplace and uh the question is where um it won't be boston anymore because they're committing to yoshida at dh yeah I, and I they think, got casas at first so that's the yeah. hard part is finding that fit i agree with you there we'll, we'll reassess We'll reassess Turner when he comes back, or when he gets signed, rather, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of give our final yeah. thoughts there. Josh Bell, 274 to 282 is the drop here, so he's fallen a little bit. You know, he's going to be in Miami again, going to have a full season there because he exercised his option to stay there. Um, he's coming off a solid season. It wasn't, you know, banger by any stretch, but it was fine. 2274 on the homers and ribbies with a 247 average. Is Josh Bell someone that you're looking at in the uh, in the late 200s? Yeah, because, I mean, I think he's just kind of boring, guaranteed production. Um, you know, I mean, he hit 13 home runs in the second half, uh, you know, most of that being in uh, in Miami. So um, I could see, like, yeah, I think 11 of those uh, 13 were, were in Miami. So uh, I could see a 25 homer, 260 batting average kind of season, um, which isn't anything you're like, falling over to go get but it's pretty guaranteed production so like, especially if you have a little riskier build you know at the top of your draft like at 280 like that's i'd like that that's a totally fine uh production uh and yeah i mean i think i'd rather save the 40 picks or whatever it is from andrew vaughn and go get josh bell yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, 600 plate appearances each of the last two years, more than 600, in fact, for Josh Bell. What about Jose Abreu? Uh, he's dipping a little bit, 286 to 293 over these last few weeks. Um, 
dreadful season, right? There's no two ways around it. It was an awful regular season. Are you moved at all by the playoff surge from Abreu that like, okay, he's tapped, he tapped back into his power, kind of showed us that it's not completely dead or does four homers in a uh, 11 game playoff sample do nothing for you for the 37 year old? Where are you at on Jose Abreu? Um, I mean, it, it doesn't like mean like, oh, well, he's back to being the guy that he was because I was a top under pick and yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not like saying that, but it does give me some uh, hope that he could be that guy again. Um, and so, yeah, he's been one of my bigger pickups already this year. Um, I'm actually trying to find my, my player shares page and see exactly uh, how many drafts I got a Brayu in so far. Uh, oh, just one. Uh, so, um, is the average going to come back up? Because I think people could sacrifice the power if we thought he was going to hit like 260 plus. He was down to 237 last year, Abreu was. That was the real tough part. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it will come back. Um, you know, we're talking about a guy who, you know, he's a career 322 BABIP, had a 276 BABIP last year. Um, Easily a career low. Yeah, and I mean, like, the skill, there have been some skills degradation in terms of, like, you know, the contact skills. Uh, he's just getting older, the bat's slowing down a little bit, but like he's still league average or maybe even a little above league average in terms of like zone contact and um, and overall contacts. Like I'm not worried like it's a, like he's going to fall apart. I mean, he could, and this is why he's down here in this spot, but you know, good lineup, good park uh, for him. So I think that even if he like, he isn't massively successful in terms of, uh, like, you know, having a big power boost or a big average boost, like as long as he's playing every day, he's going to drive in a lot of runs and he's going to, I was runs. just about to bring that up. He had 90 last year. Jose Abreu had yeah. 90 ribbies, which you know, everything else sucked, but yeah. 90, 90 ribs is not bad there. And if he can get back into, like I said, the two sixties, two seventies with his average, doesn't even have to get back into the two eighty six career average or the three hundreds that he's been in a ton. Give me two sixty five, two seventy with 90 ribs and low twenties tanks. And I'm cool with that. And he still played most of the year, 594 plate appearances. I think Abreu is an interesting buyback uh, because he's priced to buy. Yeah, what about I've Rizzo? 266 with 25 home runs and 90 RBIs. Yeah, that'd be nice. I would take that from Abreu. Uh, what about Rizzo? They've essentially traded spots here in this little run. He went from 295 to 288. Should be fully back, ready to go from the concussion. I mean, that completely derailed his season. You can see such a clear cutoff from how great of a start he had to that injury where I think Tatis was the one who ran into him there at first base. They didn't diagnose it as a concussion. He's playing through it and just tanking his numbers. His June, July were some of the worst months he's ever had. And it was just such a sharp drop off that it had to be something. It couldn't just be, oh, he forgot how to play. You know, he's just not good right now. He had 11 homers and like a 310 batting average from April, April and May for Rizzo. Are you back in on him? He'll be 34 this year. Um, and like I said, had that fast start. Do you assume that the concussion is good to go? And are you ready to draft Rizzo? So when I was doing my projection on him yesterday, um, I pretty much just took his entire 20, 2023, balled it up and threw it away. Like, don't care. Um, the concussion, I think, was an issue. Uh, the reports um, from the Yankees were that he was actually game ready before the end of the season. They just made the decision to not let him play. Just Which I stand, the safe side. I stand yeah. by that. I um, like that. And it makes a lot of sense, right? So as long as we don't hear something in the off season, like, Oh, he had a reoccurrence. Cause if he has a reoccurrence of a con of concussion symptoms, that may be his career. Um, yeah. You can't mess with that. We've seen it happen before with yeah. guys. So, uh, you know, Justin Morneau, like being a really great example. Corey Koski. Yeah. That's another good one. Um, that being said, if he's healthy entering, uh, 2024, as we expect him to, my projection on him is pretty sweet. 27 home runs, uh and let's see uh 27 home runs and i've just lost the projection for some reason dun, 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 80 dun, something dun. ribs maybe uh seven, 78 rbis 27 okay. home runs 239 batting average uh three stolen bases like um he can not a bad a year for Rizzo. yeah he could take it especially where he's going like i think he may be my favorite target 
um, late for first base right now because uh, like he takes advantage of that short uh, porch and he's going to play every day that he's healthy. Uh, I think Rizzo is kind of underrated right now in the market and for good reason because sure there is there is that risk right like especially right now everybody's you know gladiator season's over draft champion season's going on but these are leagues in which you cannot drop guys and there is a range of outcomes that he never plays again um so like i totally understand people going you know i'm not gonna risk that but i think this is a really good time to take that gamble and say hey you know what 27 home runs from a guy i'm getting around pick 300 is pretty awesome And I think the big sneak on Rizzo is the potential RBIs. With Judge and Soto in front of him, he could be the sneaky old guy doing 90 ribs. And hopefully it's not with a 237 average. I have 78 RBI, but I might be kind of low on on that RBI total with those guys in front of him. I would even say that 100 is in play. If he stays Mm -hmm. out, and I'm talking upside, but like 25, 100 with a 245, 250 average, that's in play for Rizzo if he's healthy. He was playing so well before the injury. I just hope he's okay, too. He's got a wiener dog, so I instantly like him for that. Uh, he seems like a cool dude. He named his dog Kevin, which uh, human names for dogs I'm obviously a fan of with Charlotte and Henry. So I co-sign everything that uh, Rizzo's doing in the uh, in the dog world there for sure. Ty France, okay. Uh, Fine. Try to tell me why this wasn't a nightmare season. Like, it was I get, a nightmare season. Like, I, get I get that it's in the range of outcomes, but like, should we have any reason to expect 21-22 to come back for France? Because all the skills are intact. Like, I mean, we're talking about a guy with a 91.5% uh, zone contact. Um, he actually hit the ball harder uh, than he has uh, pretty much his entire career. We're talking about a guy who increased his max exit velocity by over two miles an hour, um, raised the launch angle back up to around 13.5%. You know, barrel rate was the second highest of his career. Hard hit percentage went up. Like, uh, you know, the XBA um, was, you know, 16 points higher than his actual BA. I think he got a little bit unlucky on balls in play. Still does not strike out, makes a lot of contact. Is he ever going to be the guy that I think some people in the industry um, thought he might be? No, he's not. Which is what? But Which is what? I think some people thought like, hey, there's more power coming on top of the batting average. You know, that he's, you know, that. That might have been me. It was you. Um, for sure. Why did you just say uh, that? Because it's way more fun to just like poke and prod under the Nah, surface. don't be a bitch. Come, <laughs> at, me, come at me straight. I'm but not like, afraid of I, it. Could he like why can't he be the 2022 version of Ty France, which is a low 20s home run, a very good batting average for a first baseman who accumulates a good amount of runs and RBIs? Um, like Yandy Diaz, like why can't he be Yandy Diaz esque, right? Like, um, which isn't a guy who's going to win your league, but well, Yandy doesn't hit 250. Well, I don't think Ty France will either. We did last Ty- year. Yeah, because I think he got a bit unlucky. Are you concerned at all that he plays injured most of the year because he gets hit by the ball all the time? Yeah, it's, that is a problem. That to used stop. to worry me about Starling Marte, too. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to stop. He just he lives on top of the plate. That's part of their game. Speaking of Rizzo, that's part of his game, too. Um, and you just wonder if the, uh, that has a pileup effect as the season goes on. And maybe that contributes to some of the bad luck because maybe you're not hitting the ball as hard as consistently throughout the year. I don't know. I was a big France guy. You're right. I did say, oh, maybe you can get into the upper to mid to, uh, mid to upper 20s with his power. He went the other way down to 12. If you give me 17 to 70, I can live with that. Yeah. And like, I mean, at this but no point, extra like, eligibility anymore, right? He's, he's, yeah, first, base he's only. first base only only played first base last year. I don't think that's coming back either. I but agree. Like, we get to a point here, like, and I think, you know, Jose Breu, Ty France is kind of like this line of demarcation where it's like the rest of the options get pretty gross. Um, well, and, we'll talk about them on the next episode. There's some guys yeah. there that I, that I do like, including and, Rayleigh, but we, we already talked about Rayleigh. Yeah. But one of the things, uh, the Ty France offers that I think pretty much the rest of the pool after Ty France doesn't offer is a level of safety. Like there is and, a level and batting of average upside, which yeah, is hard to find. You're gonna he's gonna play like every day that he's healthy. Like in like that is something you can't guarantee me with a lot of the guys we're gonna talk about on the next episode. 
I think that's fair. We do have to cut it here. We'll talk Wilmer Flores next episode if you want. You said you didn't care about him, and I do have to go. So we'll be back later this week, finishing up first base finally, and then I don't know what position we'll get into on Friday, but Justin and I will figure that out. Uh, Keep checking out our rankings. They're going up the rest of the week. Everything should be up by Wednesday. I think we have shortstop and reliever today, starter tomorrow, and then top 200 from Jeff on Wednesday. Justin's second baseman are already out, so make sure you check that out. Justin, great talking with you. Good luck in the smoking secession, and I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.